What up, Long Beach? It is literally 1.30 a.m. on a Thursday night from an undisclosed location here in the city. <laughs> and we just wanted to pull you inside the inner sanctum and let you know what it's like on a football Friday? Thursday. Football weekend. This is what we do. We go to high school football games. We start usually at 7 o'clock. By the time they're over, 10, 10.30, we know what we want to do. But it takes us a couple hours to get back here, work together, put the highlights down, get them recorded put the photos up, get the stories up. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what that process is like and what we're expecting this season from Long Beach High School football. Gosh, how we missed you. And what a way to come back. We'll get back to that in just a second. Obviously, I'm JJ, he's Mike, he's Tyler. We are the562.org. And this podcast is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. Happy to be bringing you sports and education coverage uh, through the Long Beach Post as well as on this podcast. Uh, And also very happy to have Naples Rib Company back again for I think this is the 11th year sponsoring us. Our thanks as always to Naples Rib Company for being such great sponsors of ours over the years. And yes, it's great that we've got sponsors lined up and it's great that uh, the readers have been so supportive of us because we would not have wanted to have missed this opening night of the 2021 football season. Uh, JJ and I were at the Jordan Kennedy game that went to overtime and I that one of the best football games I've seen in a long time, JJ. Yeah, it was one of the best because we have missed it so much, but I think even if it was a mid-season game in a regular season, we'd still be talking about the fact that there was like almost 100 points scored in a game where we were making the joke on the sideline, if we were in Las Vegas and we were trying to do live in-game betting on this thing, at no point would we put it up on the board. Because we were never confident in like, okay, Jordan's got it now. Or, okay, Kennedy's going to run away with this thing. Nothing was guaranteed, which kind of has been the lesson of the last 15 months. And we got it in full force in that game. Well, and you and I are both going to write columns, um, not just about this game, but about the return of high school football uh, that people can check out at lbpost.com as well as the 562 next week. But the, the point that you made that really rung true to me is like, we're literally getting updates on teams canceling their seasons or week one games like as the Jordan game was playing out yeah and you made the point as we're going into overtime we can't take any of this for granted like you know the LBUSD is going to start testing kids next week um we've obviously seen what's happening in the LA City section right now as testing has um kind of brought teams down quite frankly as have enrollment problems as have all these other issues so like we know from the spring, we know from the last 18 months of the COVID pandemic, like you can't take anything for granted. And so in every moment that you're at a football game, that you're at whatever, you have to be like, the band is here, the cheerleaders are here, the drumline's here, the football players are here. Thank God we're getting this game in this moment. Um, and you can't take any of that for granted at all. Well, and what's funny is we should be giving these reminders to one another and we should be feeling this way re- if, you know, if COVID had already disappeared, you know, we should already be feeling that way because of what we went through last year. The problem is we're starting to see some of those same issues kind of crop up, you know, and so even more so it's a reminder because we know that it really isn't guaranteed next week or the week after, you know, and so um, getting out there and knowing, you know, I was at a different game, so I was just looking on Twitter, but I was so excited for you guys because I was like, there, I know it's a really great game. I can't wait to, you know, to relive it, you know, and then to your point earlier, Mike, we're glad that we're out there documenting all this stuff and being able to cover it, that the 5.62 is here, because I know if I'm at a different game and you guys have a classic barn burner, 
I'm going to get exactly what I would want to see from that game uh, thanks to your guys' work. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like a member of the audience. I can't wait to watch the highlight video and read the yeah, article. Can we, can we say that we successfully deployed our personnel tonight? Tyler went to a St. Anthony running clock defeat, and we, we were right to send two people to the Jordan game that ended at... 10-15 which, yeah, which, which isn't regular. Usually, it's a Friday, right. so we've got seven or eight games going on, each of us at our own game where we're each trying to do an article, full Twitter updates every time somebody scores, also trying to get a highlight video, and then when we come back here and we put all of our laptops on the table together, kind of creating like a star around the table, we're all working on different games, so we're kind of in different places. You might have covered a classic. You might have covered a blowout. You know what I mean? You might have covered a <laughs> You might have covered a classic blowout. Or, or yeah, a Poly 99-9 win over Compton. Perfect example. You never know. Or it's a Long Beach team winning or a Long Beach team losing. Like, you have to make those decisions, but you're kind of on your own in that sense. I turned to Mike as the game was going to overtime at J-Town, and I'm like, thank God we're not here alone, man. Because right. I, I love the first, to For the first for game the first, of the year. It's the first one, you know what I mean? I was lucky to be able to take that moment because I wasn't there alone. I would have been freaking out trying to make sure that everybody had that information. Like, just because we had two people at that game, which is something we want to do more, so please smash that subscribe button. But the fact that we had two people at that game meant you could put up video of stuff on Twitter as it was happening. I could never have done that if I was there by myself just trying to get a highlight video. You know what I mean? So that extra stuff is so much fun, especially in these early games where we have Thursday and Friday games uh, Thursday games might become a thing here in the future for uh, a variety of reasons, which we will talk about in just a second. But I think I just want to stay on that Long Beach Jordan tip right now and talk about how much that program needed that win. How much a guy like head coach Tim Wedlow needed that win. How much the student body needed a football win at home. Classic game, you know what I mean? Like, There's video highlights of it, but a lot of those kids were there. When was the last time those kids were on campus seeing an event where their friends were where their friends were competing or participating or whatever? It's like it feels like it's been forever. You know what I mean? Well, and let's keep in mind like this is only the second time they've won their season opener in the last nine years. Um, and I honestly just listen to head coach Tim Wedlow as JJ just mentioned. Just listen to Tim talk about what this meant to his program. Tim Wedlow, congratulations! How many years have you been in Jordan now, Tim? I want to say the fifth year, something. This is my fourth year as a head year, coach. Okay. But this uh, is my seventh year as, as a coach here. Okay. In your time as head coach, have you guys had a win or a game that big? Not like that. I never been in a big game like this in the, in a long time. And for for this school to, to have a win like that, it, it, it helps for the the school, the community. Everybody, even me, I, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack out there. I said, man, <laughs> I said, hey, I said I gotta really coach now. I got, I got to do it though. Jerry, Jason, Raul, Law, I gotta, I gotta do what they did, and I, you know, I learned from them guys. So yeah, and uh, I just put it together. I just put it together. I, Tim, I told the kids like there were points in that game where it felt like you were gonna win by thirty, yeah, and points yeah. where it felt like you were gonna lose by thirty. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, how did you? You know, the hardest thing to do is when you've lost some momentum to get it back, how were you guys able to do that like three or four different times? <laughs> I'm going to say Damien, uh, Hen 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 oh, what's it? Henderson, Henderson. I just told him, I said, hey, I'm going to put the ball in your hands. You just got to do what you got to do tonight. And he stepped up. He really did. And he's, he's a two-player uh, basketball and football. So 
it's been kind of hard to get them on the football field. So, so I appreciate everybody. Everybody never stopped, never quit. They kept fighting. And the momentum, I told them, I said, hey, I don't want to lose this momentum. I said, we got to keep it going. We can't lay our heads down. And I looked on the sideline, I looked at my 27, 28 guys, and I'm saying, hey, this is it. This is, this is the big game. If y'all want to play a championship game, this is it right here tonight. Um, there were moments where it seemed like half your team was cramping up, um, which is hard to come back from as well, right? Oh my God. So there were guys who cramped. I think almost everyone who came out with an injury went back in. So what was the message? How were you able to kind of keep them dialed in and, and you know, going back in? Two parents right there, one of them over there, and they doctored nurses. And so I told them, I'm like, hey, we're going to cramp up because everybody's going both ways, and this is our first game. So, uh, you know, we need them back on the field. And so they did a great job um, getting the floor back in them, getting them back up. Because I look up and I'm like, you good to go back in? He's like, coach, I'm ready to go. I'm like, cool. So, <laughs> so I was pleased with that. You know, I'm seeing everybody playing with heart out here tonight and it's so it's so it's so I mean it really showed tonight that we can play we can play football and we missing some guys but these guys ain't quitters yeah they're not quitters beautiful stuff from coach um I, I mean I, I think JJ and I would have a difficult time this is one of those games that even with a seven and a half minute long video even with a thousand word long article even playing you the audio from from the coach it's difficult to convey to you how crazy the game was and how significant it was to everyone who was there there were kids who just took their helmets off after that last play in overtime where they stopped the two-point conversion to win at 47 46 they just took their helmets off and they were just Balling. Yeah, it, like. it, it was cla- it was classic high school stuff, right? It's overtime. You make the stop for the two point conversion. You win. You don't. They win. Like it was it was do or die. It was on the goal line, do or die stuff. And you Jordan- don't get that. You don't get that in football a lot. No, you know what I mean it's not it's not like you know in basketball like a three pointer goes up and you know like either one team or the other team's gonna win. In football, you don't usually get that last shot. And I'm, I'm glad that, yeah. that it happened that way. It, yeah, and it, it was, that was probably my favorite part of the night was how untrained Jordan was in post-game celebrations, right? Because it was pure. They weren't thinking about, oh, well, we should do this because we've done it before. Oh, can't do this because we can't do it. They just let it fly, dude. And that is what high school sports is all about. Feeling yourself in that moment and letting it fly. And they did, and it was freaking beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful, dude. Can I also say, also say, Everybody who was at that game will remember it for, like, the craziness, for sure. But I think you make a great point, Mike, that everybody will remember they were at that game because they were at that game, right? Like, Tim Wedlow might not remember every play that's in that game, but he will remember standing on that sidelines and seeing the smile on uh, Damian Henderson's face when he came off after running out of his shoe for an (laughs) 80-yard kickoff return. For well, a touchdown. Not the only kickoff return for a touchdown. Not the only crazy thing Henderson did that night. But the smiles, we saw more smiles on that sideline in a very intense back and forth game than I think I've ever seen at a Jordan football game before. Yeah. And I was covering Jordan when Scott Meyer and John Timu were taking them to the playoffs. 
They weren't smiling as much as they were tonight, man. The smiles are back in J-Town. Well, and I think, you know, let's let's touch on a couple of the um, incredible performances. You just mentioned Damian Henderson. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone do what he did tonight. He had a rushing touchdown, over 100 yards rushing. He had an 80-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He also had an interception, a sack, and a fumble recovery. <laughs> <laughs> the ball just found him, or he found the ball. I'm not. I'm not sure which is which. He's a basketball player, so I, I guess that makes sense. He's a bit of a ball hawk. Yeah, can we, is that like the Golden Corral? You know, he just has a little bit of everything. He, he hit for the cycle. I like <laughs> Mike's thing. Yeah, the, he hit for the cycle. He went all Freddie Freeman. Yes. <laughs> I really. I kind of was embarrassed because I asked. I said like, "Oh, that's as close to a football player hitting for the cycle." And I like stopped and I was like, "Oh crap!" Like, am I the white sports writer who's making baseball references to this kid right now? Like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> well, you are that. I am. I and literally you did was. make a baseball. I literally was. So. You know, there's no way around it. Really, it was a tough moment for me. Yeah. Well, you're just watching a lot of baseball with your kids, Mike. Yeah. You know, just bring it right about to being a good dad. I was you're like, right back in the driver's seat. I was so close, so close to making Bruce Springsteen references like uncontrollably. Do you know what I mean? It was just a really washed sports writer moment. Bubs. <laughs> yeah, he took he took that thing down jungle jungle land for sure. Um, so that that game. <laughs> Always, always going to think about that game as the first game of this season, right? We'll, we'll forever think of it that way. But it is also the reminder, like I said, that it, it might be one of few games we get. It might be one of few close games yeah. we get. We have no idea. We have no. We literally have no idea. That's never been the case right. when we start covering high school football in Long Beach. Well, and let's talk about um, briefly. You know, Tyler saw uh, St. Anthony lose a pretty lopsided game, but um, you know, it was the start of the Raul Lara era. Did you notice? I know you didn't cover like a ton of St. Anthony games um, last year, but did you notice sort of a difference? Did you see things about Lara having taken that program over that were that felt like maybe the start of something different? Well, I mean, obviously there's a certain presence that comes with, you know, just having a coach like Raul Lara, you know, that's one at the highest levels, that's been, you know, the leader of a national level program and sent guys to the NFL. And, you know, obviously his resume is, is plenty long. We could do multiple podcasts on, on that guy's resume. And just with his coaching staff and how engaged they were, um, I, I definitely felt it on the sidelines. You know, I definitely felt like they were – trying to do something and they were clearly you know engaged with the kids the gauge were the kids were engaged right back um there was a ton of effort from the team but you knew especially with the opponent like you know let's take nothing away from san pedro like we should say definitely a very good team favorites uh to win the la city section as we've mentioned a a few times already um you know and the saints were kind of up against it and it's the first game they haven't had a lot of time it's hard with a new coach and everything else um they don't even get the benefit of being at home even though they're in a home game but um but yeah i mean you you see and just the the moments i think that's what makes makes coach lara kind of so special there's these moments where it's going into halftime, you know, and they're they're down twenty nine nothing, or it's after a long stoppage of play where both teams are, you know, having scuffles on the field, you know, and he just he pulls them in, and he he always seems to know the right thing to say to to connect with the kids and and to motivate, um, you know, to to take it up a notch, you know, to get a little fired right. up, but then also have you know the the kind of control to remind them, you know what, like I love you guys, and I'm never gonna give up on on you this team this season, so. Um, and it was funny on, on the drive home. I was thinking about it, you know, because he's telling them, you know, this is just the beginning. You know, there's there's a long season left. We just have to work harder. You know, we're gonna get better, and it's kind of up to you know how hard we work collectively. And and of course, he took 
responsibility for the loss. He always takes responsibility for the losses. And I was thinking back about, you know, like, I've seen a more lopsided loss from a Rahul coach poly team that went on to win a CIF championship later that season. So it's it's not unheard of to when that guy tells you we're going to get better and turn it around. It, it can happen sooner than you think. There were uh, a handful of NFL players on that team. You know, <laughs> no it was doubt. That, it's a, it's no a Juju Smith Schuster, a nice uh, dynamic shifter for you there. No but doubt. Here's the thing: like uh, St. Anthony's not going to have to beat Josh Rosen <laughs> in the playoffs. You feel me? <laughs> it's a, you know it's a very good point. I as mean, well. come on. Um, let's talk a little bit about the games. Uh, we're obviously working. Like we're recording this close to two a.m. Thursday night. Well, you before we talk about the games, we have to first talk about the game that's not going to happen, right? If we're if we're talking about Rob a lot if we're talking about Long Beach Poly football. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, for sure. that's the piece let's, of news I think that hit us this week that has us saying things like, let's soak it up while we can. Well, let, let's be completely honest. Uh, Lakewood was supposed to be playing a game this week. Long Beach Poly was supposed to be playing a game this week. We've already had two cancellations in the first week. Um, those are two of the better teams. Obviously, Poly has only lost two league games in the last... 28 years so it, it, certainly the team that you expect to be on top of the more league um but both of them have had covid related um shutdowns of their practices um they you know both knock on wood are on target to go next week for games Polly would be at sarah lake would be uh, at peninsula um at 3 p.m actually so i do think you're absolutely right like that has totally hovered over everything um i don't think it's a secret to anyone who listens to these podcasts like if you were to make a pie chart of our the 200,000 people that make up our readership, like one in four of those readers is a poly football reader. Like it, they are so far and away the biggest show in town, the biggest traffic driver, the biggest, you know, magnet of interest. So for them to not be playing this week, to be honest with you, it did put a little bit of a cloud over the week, I think. Um, for the five six two, because you just—that's usually what people are really sort of crushing us over, um, and they didn't get to play that game against uh, Lutzinger this week. So, hopefully, all the other games go off, and then hopefully we can get back on the schedule. Um, but yeah, JJ, you're absolutely right. Like that was the sort of the moment where you're like, "Hey, man, this is not going to be as different from the spring as we had hoped it would be." And, and just imagine if you're a kid on that football team, you could have absolutely nothing to do with a positive test that causes your team to shut down a week of practice, two weeks of practice, lose a game out of a quote-unquote abundance of caution. You could have nothing to do with it, but you have to suffer the consequences of all of those things after the last 15 months that you had to go through too. Think about sitting at home watching that huddle video thinking, am I going to get to play? Are we going to get to play? Is there anything I can do about it? No, there's not. Right. Literally nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? You're just a high school football player. Your 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 reach really isn't that far. So as much as we're like, oh, I well, hope we get it. I hope we get it. it. It really is. I hope they can have it. Yes, because right. they deserve right. it. They really do, man. And that's for every high school athlete, not just football players. But you know, right now we're talking about football because it is that first week. But yeah, it's for all of them, man. Like, man, I just I can't I can't imagine that feeling of helplessness being tied so tightly to the moment where you think, okay, we're back to normal, right? Right. And then that rug gets pulled out from you again. It's rough. Yeah, it's got to be a helpless feeling, you know, because it's like you know, we're the we're the adults in the room. And, you know, we we want to provide Sometimes. this for 
No, I mean, when, when, when necessary, I guess, you know, but, but there, you know, I, I remember back to when I was in high school and, and that age and you're just like, well, I, it's my turn to have fun in the world, you know? And it's just like, I have no control over what's going on. I might right. have, I might like watch it or like have an opinion on it, but you sort of trust the people that are, are in charge to, to kind of figure things out and, and provide things for you. And they've got to have so much confusion and frustration and, um, you know, all the different uh, feelings that go on, you know, being a, a teenager, you know what I mean? And so, you know, we, we can't really expect anything from them other than to, you know, just do what they've been doing for generations, be kids, have fun, want to be around each other, want to, to build these memories. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice that we do get those, but we do have to remind ourselves, like, I, I should have been covering Lakewood St. Anthony tonight, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. You know, we already had two teams impacted in week one, um, and you know, school hasn't started yet. And, uh, right, they're not you know, testing yet, which they're yeah. going to be doing. So there's a lot of question marks ahead uh, uh, down the road. Yeah. I, it's a, okay. Start the list of impossible questions to answer. Unanswerable questions. Like shout out to my fellow rewatchable listeners. Unanswerable question: Is this if if something does happen and things change, which granted they it's will happen. Yep, they will. Are we going to see it coming because there's reporters like us who do the education stuff with Long Beach Post and everybody else who was doing the reporting back in March of 2020? Are we going to see it coming or is this football season hanging in the balance like Thanos wearing the gauntlet (laughs) where just in a snap it could all be gone? I, I think the one thing I would say about this year is I do think there's a little bit more predictability because, number one, everyone had the experience last year of shuffling schedules. So we talked about Polly and Lakewood having their games messed up. Well, Polly and Lutzinger both had the same bye week. And so instead of trying to push the game from Friday to Saturday, they just called and they worked it out very quickly between the coaches. Like, hey, we both have week three open. Let's just both take an extra week. You get practice in if you're Lutzinger. Mm-hmm. You make sure the COVID stuff is settled down if you're Polly. We'll play in week three. That Two years ago, those kinds of changes never happened. And so everyone flipped out. Now I think everyone's used to being a little bit more flexible. And I do think the fact that you have a fall, winter, and spring season separate, as opposed to the condensed schedule we were on in the spring, it allows for just so much more flexibility. And the fall sports have playoffs you know, set up for this year. So I think that... I do think it feels less tenuous to me just because the spring was like none of our we didn't cover anyone who got six games like no one got their full schedule everyone had some kind of a shutdown and so I, this feels a little bit more stable to me but I'm saying that on August 20th at the very start and so right. you know maybe in two weeks I'm looking back saying you know the same way Andy Fee looked back last year on him saying in june like oh i definitely think we'll have a fall season like for sure you know and then as it turned out they literally didn't play anything in the fall that year yeah literally literally nothing uh speaking of long beach state make sure you listen to the lb fee show the other podcast that we do with long beach state athletics director andy fee long beach state women's soccer actually opened their season with a very nice and quite impressive 2-0 victory at cal state northridge 
Obviously got season previews for the women's soccer team, the women's volleyball team, and everything else Long Beach State available at the562.org. Hey, if you want women's volleyball coverage, you bet, like, now is your time to speak up. Because we put the preview up, and we got, like, almost no traffic on it. I was, I was like, I was, like, mortified. I was, like, Maybe people <laughs> don't think you're allowed to go inside. Therefore, I don't you know. can't have volleyball. Because when we started out, it was, like, men's basketball in the dirt bags, 1A, 1B, and then State. women's volleyball. I mean, yeah, you know right. what I mean? And now, like, that that program has, like, they finished fifth place last, last time they had a season in the Big West. Like, it's just weird. Like, women's soccer has so completely supplanted them as the fall sport that Long Beach State fans are interested in that, like, I was really, like, I texted the, the SID, I texted Lindy, and I was like, I don't know how much you're going to see me this year. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know that, like, people are want that coverage so if you do want women's volleyball coverage send our preview to a couple of your friends and maybe tweet at me like hey i will definitely read all the women's volleyball coverage yeah there's i feel like there's a lot more sports like that now because we were just talking about the sports and things that bring people to the website Long Beach Poly football being mm-hmm. the most among The way them. I always put it to people is 50% of our readership are high school football fans, and yes. 50% of that readership are yeah. Poly football but, fans. But it yes. even it even goes beyond with Poly because when we show up to other high school football practices and games and things, people are also talking about Poly. It's not really the case with Long Beach State because we don't get down to Fullerton very right, often. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> For good reason, and also. Purpose. And I try not to talk to anyone when I'm there. You know, um, I hate that they have the nearest spag fact. But let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the games. So, as I said, we're, we're now creeping up on 2 o'clock in the morning, Thursday night. So, we're only... Well, I won't do the math, but we're not that far away from covering the games. We're all going to go out and see on Friday. Um, JJ is going to be doing the Wilson-Warren game solo. Tyler and I are going to be doing Milliken. Who's Milliken playing? Santa, Santa Anna. Anna. Santa Anna. Um, which I, I so I'm really looking forward to JJ's coverage as well, but also just for Tyler and I. Oh, and then uh, Matt Simon is going to be doing the Cabrillo game. So we'll basically have I think we literally have a video from every single Long Beach game that happens this week, which is awesome. I'm really excited for the Milliken. First of all, I'm excited for the Cabrillo game because they have a real shot to win that game. Mm-hmm. This is a team that could not play in the spring and. Quite frankly, numbers-wise, like we were concerned they were going to be able to field the team in the fall. So kind of like JJ and I got with Jordan tonight, Cabrillo starting the season off with a win would feel like a lot more than just 1-0. Cabrillo <laughs> starting the season is a win. Yes. Full uh, stop. Right. Yes, 100%. Like put the co- put Coach Shane Gonzalez up on your shoulders, though. If they win. Like start <laughs> building the statue if they go 1-0, oh, you know. Um, I think, and But then I think for Tyler and I, you know, Milliken, I think the consensus around the league and certainly around this table was Milliken looks like the best team after Poly this year. There's always that question of who's leading the chase pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Milliken's packed with college talent, and I'm really, really excited. They've continued to accumulate talent, and as we discussed with head coach Romeo Pelham, like now it's time for them to actually take that mm-hmm. next step. And I'm not talking about competing with Poly. I'm talking about in a game like this, do you come out and kind of make that statement against Santa yeah, Ana right. and really put your your flag down? Because, quite frankly, they've got they've got too much talent to not do that. They've got more depth on the line. They've got like I don't know a half dozen skill guys with Division One offers. Like mm-hmm. it's time to come out and start scaring people a little bit. You right. Know? No, and I think that's definitely the the goal for this preseason, or at least like what I'm looking for. Like obviously I'm not on the Millican coaching staff, so I can't assign goals for that team or whatever. But as for what I'm looking for, it's like, are they showing that they're ready to compete and, you know, 
not just beat you know fellow more league teams and you know and try to move their way up in the standings but like if they go on to a playoff game which in their division whatever division they end up in we'll know at the end of the year and uh, you know we talked about the new playoff format on a previous pod but once they get into the playoffs and Romeo Pelham uh told me this in the preseason he's like talent wise I don't think it's gonna be close right he's like I think we're gonna have the more talented team so it comes down to execution it comes down to coaching it comes down to the, the maturity of the players to handle the big moments, the spotlight, you know, don't, you know, get a costly penalty. Don't, you know, try to do too much. And, and you mentioned that they have a lot of guys with offers. They also have a lot of young guys. Though. Right. You know what I mean? And and so the having the spring season was super valuable for them, but they didn't get a ton of super close, grinded out playoff atmosphere games. They did against Wilson and they picked up that big win um, at home against Wilson. That was a really tight back and forth kind of game. But a lot of their other games were kind of blowouts in one direction or the other. Um, the Santa Ana team, frankly, if, if they had played in the spring, I would exp- based on common opponents, Santa Ana would win comfortably. Mm-hmm. So this year, not really, you know, it's hard for us to gauge a team that we don't cover how much they've improved or or how much they've lost. But it's definitely, a, they went 6-0, and they won their league. They look good in the summer, too, that some of the, some of the passing league stuff, they look good. For sure. So knowing that and knowing this is a program that's been winning and is competitive, um, now Milliken, it's like, all right, what are you about? You know, well, how much better have you gotten during this offseason? Right. And, uh, you know, what, what can you bring to the table this year? I'm really, really interested to see how the Rams look, uh, well, I guess tonight, Friday night. Yeah, you, you, you said the word grindy, and then you also mentioned the fact that they played Wilson in a close game. And that's kind of what I'm looking for from the Wilson game against Warren at home in front of hopefully a decent crowd, you know, getting the, getting the things back to normal with the band and the cheerleaders and all that stuff. Uh, a little bit of a pressure, you know, with uh, Scott Meyer, head coach Scott Meyer, starting his era there uh, at the helm. But you got to be grindy, right? You don't have the, uh, the the top senior receivers that you had last year where you can sit back and, ch- and chuck it up. You're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to play good defense. You're going to have to force turnovers. You're going to have to control the clock. Those are grindy things that Wilson has been able to do at times. They obviously were able to do that when they were able to make the semifinals. And then they weren't able to do that at times. And those are the times when they lost in the first round, big in the playoffs. And those are those are programs, they're not program killers, but they're program slowers. You know what I mean? If Wilson can come out this season, no matter what happens at the end in the playoffs or whatever, and show an ability to grind out games, they will be in such a better position going forward with Scott Meyer as the head coach. And if you're going to do that, it's going to start against a local team in Warren that has a high-powered offense, a very good quarterback, and a coach looking to prove himself. If you can grind that game out, that is, to me, as impressive and as important as Milliken coming out and winning a game like that against Santa Ana and really showing, oh, we're ready for the big time. Now, Milliken and Wilson are both going to somewhere very far in the second week. Wilson's going to San Jacinto, and Milliken is scheduled to go to Carlsbad. As we're talking about the theme of this podcast and COVID and the season and everything, don't you think that those games are probably going to be the ones that get pushed aside faster than the local games? Like, if you have to take a bus to a different county, <laughs> I feel like that might be the first thing on the chopping block. I think we'll find out next week what the rest of the the you know what the rest of the season is really going to look like. Um, the only other thing I would add is you know if you're thinking about what game to go to, I think you know Milliken certainly, like we said, looks like one of those top two teams. Wilson is going to have um, a great opponent in Warren where, you know, Nico Yamaleava 
a lot of high school football fans go out to see the next big college guy or whatever. And Nico, who's a Long Beach kid that we've known since he was in middle school, um, he's the quarterback for Warren. He's got a scholarship offer to everywhere. He's one of, if not the top-ranked quarterback in the junior class. Um, and definitely a dude who's like worth the price of admission and probably someone you're more or less guaranteed to be watching on Saturdays and possibly Sundays. So um, good games all around the city. It's the right way to open the week, you know, to open the season. Um, that's what's got me so excited. Like, I can't wait to see JJ's video from Wilson. Can't wait to see what happens with Cabrillo. And like I said, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people had Jordan Kennedy circled on the calendar. That already might be our game of the year. Like Thursday night, week one, we might have the game of the year. That's what's so fun about covering high school football. Um, and that's what's so fun, I'm sure, for the kids. But that's what I love about it. Like you just show up to Jordan and you see what happens. And sometimes it's a 47-46 overtime classic. Like you just <laughs> never know. And, and we hope we get as many games, as many Christmas presents to open like that as possible. Well, what's the most surprising game that we've covered? Like what, when I when I say what was the game you didn't see coming? You know what I mean? One of those ones where we showed up and we're like, oh, it's just going to be a regular blank, blank night. Milliken Poly 2009, so far and above every Football. other thing. Yeah, I literally went because it was the week after Polly had lost to Lakewood. And it was like, oh, let's see how much they bounce back against Milliken by. And, you know, the head coach of Milliken famously made the joke to me. That Our like, guy, Kirk Diego. Yeah, he's like, oh, we know that. You know, I'm not. I'm not playing. My guys are injured. We know what's about to happen. You're not going to do your Kirk Diego impersonation. We know what's liable to happen <laughs> there here it tonight. Is. You know, and it was just like, all right, coach. Like for sure. You know, you're kind of making me feel like an idiot for being here. But you know, like for sure, absolutely. And then they end up winning that game. So when you catch the head coach of the team that won by surprise, I feel pretty. I feel pretty comfortable being surprised by that result. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good one, Tyler. Do, does anyone like stick out to you where you're just like, well, didn't see that one coming. Cause, cause I, cause I think of like, um, I think of football first, but most football games, we we spend so much time at practices. You know what I mean? Like the build up to those games, right? Never, never really catch you off guard. I can think of a bunch of softball games that I showed up to, and I was Where? just like, wait, what? Where you just did not get the outcome <laughs> wait, you were expecting? What? Like Wilson beating Lakewood at home the year after Lakewood took back the more league title. Like Haley Houston as a freshman just absolutely. Sp- been in it in the circle. Well, I think the and then not the, see that coming. The Polly Lakewood game last year in softball was was kind of a surprise. Another the, one, yeah. The score. I mean, that was kind of a, a lopsided win, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been out the game for a little bit, um, and and haven't covered as much as you guys have recently. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to like one's not sticking out to me, but yeah, I think it's maybe this always in the sports where the the score is lower. You know, is when you can always kind of see one. one yeah. You know, I'm thinking about like soccer. Yeah. You know, there's always kind of like Milliken beating Loyola seven to zero in a Division One CIF Championship soccer game. Is oh, if you're talking oh, scoreline, no, it was okay. seven to two. Seven to is two. What that was? Yeah. 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 Milliken boys was soccer. It Ventura. Yeah, it was Ventura. 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 Milliken boys soccer. They, they, they edged Loyola in the semifinals yeah. and then they slapped <laughs> to Ventura. set a record. Yeah. That was the most goals in a D1 boys soccer championship. Seven to two. Not only that, what a perfect night that was. At Warren High School, speaking right. of Warren. Yeah. Uh, what a perfect night of high school soccer that was. Because it also gave our guy, head coach Rod Pekovic, his five, 700th, 700th win? 700th win. Yeah. 700th win. And they scored seven goals to win it. 
Mwah. Chef kiss. It, it was, was beautiful. Yeah, it was too perfect. It was too perfect. <laughs> it was a perfect opening to the high school football season. I uh, hope you enjoyed this new podcast format. It's kind of fun for us. Just we're always a little bit looser. I think at two o'clock in the morning. I'm sure most people are a little bit looser at two o'clock in the morning. This this flies in the face of every mom's rule that nothing <laughs> yeah. good happens after two. Right. <laughs> it was also nice recording in person again. I'm glad uh, you know as we're all piecing back the things that that we lost over the pandemic. It's been nice to get to do that too. So thank you to Ocean Law Center. Thanks to the Long Beach Post. Thanks to Naples Rib Company. Thanks to all the readers who've subscribed to help us make this happen. And uh, we're going to try and wrap up work so we can get a couple hours of sleep and go do it again on Friday night.